morning America Shit's about to get real Welcome to the plug with Bushy and the Mouth Man Ask not what your country can do for you Ask what you can do for your country Together, we will make America great again. Skater. Skater. Skater pal now, man. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? Welcome to the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. Hey, welcome to another episode of the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. I am your host, Bushy, and with me as always, Psych. Mountain Man's not here. He's had a hell of a week. Yeah, I've, I've had a hell of a time trying to get this particular episode done. Um, Mountman's been busy. Uh, he gets five days off one week, two days off another week. Uh, this was his five-day off. Uh, my only stipulation was that I couldn't record Sunday because he has to typically record in the evening time or nighttime uh, because of his hours. I can't do Sundays because of my radio show. So we shot for Monday. His wife got sick. He was up with the baby. He couldn't do it. And then Tuesday, same thing. Wife is sick. So I've had a hell of a time. Uh, I actually put out some feelers on Facebook. At first, I was kind of irritated. I'm not going to lie. And I'm like, well, I guess there's no fucking show this week. And then I was like, come on, Bushy. Knock that shit off. You, you understand the mountain, man. You know, life happens sometimes. So then I was like, but this is going to be a good episode. I've got to get somebody in. So I sent out another feeler on the Plug podcast page. And uh, on the Facebook page. And nobody responded except for Mark Taylor from Freeform Rock Podcast asking if I needed help. Yeah, man, I need someone to sit in and do this. I've actually, um, I've got a record review this week, which is not something we do a lot. He's like, oh, I'm going to be gone this weekend or I'd help you. I was like, well, motherfucker, I don't need it this weekend. I kind of need it now in the next day or so. And he made a suggestion. I, I don't know why it didn't hit me like a full blown ton of fucking bricks. This is where I should have gone in the first place. He said, call Sid. Motherfucker, you're right. So I got a hold of my boy Sid. I think it was yesterday. said, hey, this is what I want to do. I sent him the album. And like a good trooper, Sid said, fuck yeah, I'll do it, man. So right here, for your enjoyment, founding member and former member of The Plug, Sid, how you doing? What is up, man? Doing pretty damn good. Been up since like 7 o'clock in the morning out here on the West Coast. Right now we're at like 8.37. Got my window open, got my coffee ready, got my notes. I'm here to chill with my brother, fill in for the mountain man. That's what's up. Oh, man, that is outstanding. And I want to I wanna say, first of all, thank you so much for not only coming on the show again and on, on such short notice, but also listening to an album and getting notes together for a review. Because if you're like me, even though I'm very familiar with the record we're going to be reviewing, 
If you're anything like me, it's not a one listen or write the notes. I've got to listen to an album four, five, six times so that I can get an accurate review done. Are you the same way? Uh, actually, no. I can actually get mine by uh, replaying the track if I like it. It'll get a bigger review if I'm not filling the track. I usually listen to it once and then... I'll be honest, when I, when I did the album, I wasn't expecting what I originally got. And I must say, it's a very, very... It's a, a acquired taste, if you, if you know what I mean. Like, some people will like this. Some people are going to be like, really now? I was kind of like right in the middle. Because there's songs on here that I truthfully do like and I find very catchy. But then there are songs like, oh, man, like... Really, Bush? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <dude? laughs> That's that so funny. I, I, I didn't bash it. I didn't bash it. There'll be some negative reviews and some positive. So, as, as with uh, as with every album that uh, I'm a fan of, this is one of you know. There's songs I like. There's songs I like better than others. Uh, I can't right. wait to get into that. But you know how it is on the plug. I we have a format. God damn it! Just because Mountain Man's not here doesn't mean. I'm not going to stick to that fucking format. Sid, how was your week? How was my week? Uh, interesting, man. I'm <laughs> I'm talking to a woman that's a little bit above my age. Well, maybe by like a decade or so. God damn. Uh, yeah, supposedly coming down around Halloween time. Uh, to spend a little time down here in Vegas, hang out, meet and greet, see how it goes. She'll be staying at my place for a little while and... And uh, introducing her to the family, the kids, you know, all the girls and stuff like that. Ah, Sid, are you getting yourself a gilf? A granny I'd like to fuck. I believe I'm getting myself a gilf, man. (laughs) I believe so, dude. Hey, it's better than the fucking young fucking women I try to sit here and fuck with. (laughs) Oh, I know. The one thing that sucks about young women is that they remind you that you're getting old. (laughs) They... They sure do. And then the older ones remind you that you're still young, which is like, hey. Right, right. Uh, at our age, that's what, 60, 70 make you feel young? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and then uh, other than that, I don't know, I developed a, uh, a weird type of like abscess infection on my pointer finger. I thought it would be from like, gaming because, you know, me, that's where we originally met was through gaming. Sure. And uh, I've been playing the damn Destiny two forsaken things but i'm talking like putting in 14 15 hours of work that i'm not playing nothing else and i uh, developed this damn infection on my fucking trigger finger my pointer finger and <laughs> fuck nasty and i had one of my friends from england that game with dude he's like well mate maybe you should quit sticking your finger up your ass i'm like dude i don't fucking put my finger up my ass like what the fuck dude but he was completely oblivious he just wanted to be dirty and do a joke man so i I just had to throw that little pick on me uh little skit right there but yeah that's exactly what he told me was don't shove your finger up your ass mate it's bad for your chance that's funny that's funny (laughs) so but yeah that's that's my that's my week how's your week been bro my week has a bit bad bad. Ooh, i got a lot of echo Mm, uh-oh. Is everything okay over there? Yeah, my side is. Now, now I don't have Echo. Okay. Cool. My week. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. My week's been, been okay, man. It's uh, it's very boring right now. Unemployment sucks. I'm actually going to go start looking for work before my unemployment runs out in November. 
Um, I don't know if you were aware, but Lady and I are going to uh, Newland to spend Christmas and New Year with uh, the mountain man and his family. And we're all, and, and that trip is set in stone, tickets bought, everything. Um, we're moving in March. We're going to North Carolina. Uh, lady gave me the gave me the green flag. Um, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to the podcast. She came to me a few months ago in tears, and I was like, "What the hell's wrong?" And she said something very mature for a twelve-year-old. She says, "I don't want to live my life uh, regretting never having tried it. Let's do it." So, bam, done deal. I'm getting the fuck out of New York, sin. Nice, nice. You're not getting out of New York. You're getting out of the boonies is where you're getting out of. Because if you were in New York, you'd probably love the lifestyle. It's a little expensive, but hey. No, fuck that. I love the boonies. I'm going from the boonies <laughs> to the boonies. You know about Newland. You've been there. I've never been there, but uh, I was showing lady on Google Earth and um, you know Google Maps, whatever, and how you can get the satellite images and such. I was showing her everything down there. She's like, wow, it's small. I was like, yes, it's exactly right. <laughs> yep, yep. It, it's small that fucking uh, let's put it this way if you don't keep to yourself your neighbors know all about your business like newland nice and uh, that's kind of the kind of place i like i like the country um i, I grew up in a town had six seven hundred people so right like when i was there a couple of years ago i enjoyed it it was very quiet altitude change you kind of get a little lightheaded depending but uh, other than that, man, the amount of green that was up there, and I'm talking not weed, I'm talking like evergreen trees and just forest all around you. It The smell is unlike anything else in the fucking world, man. Just the forest. Just, Absolutely. Just that you're, well, you're up there in the Blue Ridge Mountains, uh, on the border of the Blue Ridge and the Great Smokies. Um, I absolutely can't wait. Um but yeah, so that's what's going on in, in, in our life. This week has been pretty chill. Uh, like I said, I've got to get back to work. Oh, that's why I brought the Newland thing up. I'm not looking for a good job anymore. Uh, I was looking for something that was comparable in pay to what I was making. Um, I'm not finding that. So I was like, you know what? If we're moving anyway, I'll just get a couple of bullshit part-time jobs to equal what I was making. And then just kind of go from there. Uh, I can work 60, 70 hours a week. It'll suck, but I can do it. As long as I have Sunday nights off to do my radio show. And uh, if I can't get those nights off, I'll have to work with management to um, switch those times. Um, barring that, man, it's just, it's, I am so bored. I, I play Call of Duty, Modern War, or uh, World War II. That's all I do. Or I watch movies, or I watch TV. That's literally my life right now. Um, I did have some exciting stuff happen last night. I get a bang on my door. I don't know, it must have been around 9 o'clock at night, which is weird. I don't talk to a lot of people where I live, because where I live is a scum hole. And uh, there's a lot of junkies around here. But I have befriended a couple across the way. Um, one of my old employees lives right downstairs for me. I'm actually handling his dog while he's at work every day right now. But I get a bang on my door at 9 o'clock, and it's, it's the girlfriend, whose name I cannot remember. And uh, she's like, there's blood all over the place. Please come over. Please, quick. So that puts me into, like, fight or flight mode. Because everyone knows I was a combat medic in the Army. I was a nurse. I hear blood all over the floor. I'm, what the fuck is going on? So I just pull on my, my, my shoes without tying my sneaks up. I run across the, the, you know, the parking lot driveway to the next building. And I get in there, and there is, there is blood all over the floor. 
But the dude seems fine. Now, he's also a veteran, which is probably why I get along with him. And uh, he's got his hand, his right hand wrapped, his right hand, right or left hand, his trigger hand, I know that, um, wrapped in paper towels. And they are just blood-soaked. I was like, what the fuck has happened? Because I came over here, you know, ready to go. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck it with my goddamn knife. Now he's got one of the new K-bars. He was a Marine. And that son of a bitch is not dull. Well, he was tapping on something with the knife, which is always stupid. And he laid open underneath his uh, pointer finger about where that second lifeline as you know them fake ass palm readers call it but laid it from his first finger to his ring finger wide open i mean when he showed me and opened up his hand i could see the tendons and bones moving i was like oh dude there's nothing i can do for you at all he's like would you have anything to clean it no i don't even have peroxide that's why i freaked out when nevaeh broke her finger and her damn fingernail ripped out I've got nothing for it. You have got to go to the hospital. And you've got to go now. And he's like, well, I got a ride coming. Can I wait a half hour? I was like, well, you're not going to bleed to death because most of the bleeding had stopped. You know, he had that under control. I said, yeah, get to the doctor. If I don't see you leave in the next half hour, I'm calling 911. Fuck you. Well, we heard a little bit of commotion outside. About 20 minutes later, they had actually gone ahead and called 911 so they could get him off to the hospital. And, uh, I haven't spoke with him yet today because it's still early for them. It's a little after 11 here, East Coast time. But yeah, that was that was nasty. At the same time, it was fucking exciting because I love that kind of shit. <laughs> that, dude, that, I mean, you're talking tendons and bones and flesh. Like, oh god, I can imagine this this wound being about being about maybe an inch and a half to two inches, you know, from oh. the point to the fucking damn. Ring, ring finger, finger. yeah. A pink finger. That's fucking a big area of fucking no skin. That's like, oh shit. It, it's a nice clean slice too. So as if they if they get away with not having to stitch together muscle and just have to stitch skin, he'll be okay as long as there's no tendon damage. You know, you can see him doesn't mean that he damaged anything. Damage, yeah. yeah, there's going to be nerve damage. You know that comes. I have I have nerve damage in my uh, right thumb because of an injury I did you know years ago. I think back in '97, where I can't really feel my right thumb when I smack it. But if I hit it just the right way, that motherfucker wakes up. Ooh, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's that's been my week. Uh, I know you've had some health problems in the past. I'm glad you're doing a little better. Um, but I think. We should go ahead and get into this review. Um, this week, we are going to be talking about what was originally a very, very different album, uh, especially for this band. Everybody knows the great Electric Light Orchestra. That's right, ELO. We're going to be reviewing the 1981 release, Time. Uh, it was a departure. Uh, of sorts for ELO because they went to a more electro pop sound that was popular in the early 80s. Uh, for me, they did it right, uh, as opposed to some of these other new wave bands that were coming out. But they didn't have all the strings and such that is very typical of an ELO album. So at first, 
it didn't do well stateside. It did great uh, uh, in the UK, and we'll get to that at the end of the review. But let's go ahead and jump right into this album. Sid, you're the special guest. So uh, I know this first track's not a long track. What we're going to talk about next is this one right here, Prologue. for the way that it just kind of cuts off but that's because when the album was made it uh it just flows into the opening song but uh Sid what are your thoughts on prologue well first of all the prologue is not a prologue is technically not a uh a full tracked song as many know our average an average song is usually about three and a half, almost four minutes nowadays and stuff. Back this time, it was roughly the two and a half, three minute mark. This song falls just well short of that. We're talking, it's only like a minute, 13 seconds at most. Uh, sure, intro. To me, I don't know if it was just me or myself, but it, it was either or. It had a Scarface feel to it. And I'm talking the Al Pacino Scarface movie. Sure. You know, he gets Massacre at the end, and the guy comes up with him with the shotgun. It has the saying, the world is yours, and it kind of starts that beat right there, that just little funky, futuristic sound. That's why I gathered from this end until the vocals kicked in, you know, towards the end of the song. That was like, it could have gone as a full instrumental track. It would have been good. Vocals kicked in. I was like, what in the fuck? <laughs> But uh, I, I, I gave it a good overall rating just because the instrumental how it was done. The vocals I really couldn't get into too much, but I know they were there towards the end of the track, which started off to the next track, which I'm sure you're going to get into here as soon as you give me your review on that. Oh, just off the border of your waking mind, there lies another time where darkness and light are one. I fucking love this track. I know it's short. I know it's just a little instrumental opening, uh, you know, so to speak. But it's so fucking cool. I dig that weird, you know, almost ethereal feel of that music. And I absolutely love that robotic, almost 1978 Battlestar Galactica Cylon voice. It's just a cool way, if you ask me, to introduce the album. And you're absolutely right. Uh, on the record... It jumps right into the second single released on this album. It was released October 10th of 1981. This is Twilight. Twilight. 
What you have to understand about this, and I probably should have mentioned it from the get-go, Time is not only a departure from their orchestrations as they always did in the past, this is their second concept album. Uh, God, I wish I could remember the first one, but it was from 1974. So this whole album tells a story, and I think it tells a great story. And as I'm reviewing these, I don't know if you got the story, but that's okay, because I'm going to tell you the story. Uh, in this song, the man's trying to explain how he got to 2095 from 1981. Uh, first, he can't figure out if the future is real, if it's fantasy. Uh, he does, by the end of the track, find out it's real. And that the time traveler that brought him to the future has either vanished or just flat out left him. Uh, I think it's a great, upbeat rocker with a really cool 80s synth-pop sound. I, I, I dig the track, man. I think it's pretty cool. What do you think? Well, it's me. Uh, like I said, I don't know if this was recorded on the podcast or not. I was two years old at this time. I didn't, Keep in mind, I didn't pick up music until 89. So, yeah, it was almost like a 10-year difference. When I did hear this, it sounded to me almost like a disco feel to it at times, which was not bad. It's not bad, don't get me wrong, but at a time where disco was kind of dying and music in general was looking for a sound to lead to like like okay like how the 60s they had like the the doors they had jimmy you know each genre had like each decade had its own genre the 80s started off not knowing where they were going to go sure you had it was post disco it was it was pop it was punk it was rock metal came out like nobody knew which and who and what genre was going to step up believe it or not i like what they were doing sound wise i mean you think of this i mean it's crazy to say sound wise back in 81 should have not not sounded like this these guys are experimenting and this is why you probably everybody says this is a concept album they're basically experimenting with a sound that no one's really heard of and maybe it might have been too far down the line down the road to play in in the year where music was still trying to kind of find its way i guess is what i'm trying to say but all in all i think it was a phenomenal track man to be honest yeah i, I like i said i really dig the track um i think they were just jumping on uh, you know a bandwagon disco was basically dead and there are some disco feels throughout this album. Man, there's some rockabilly feels throughout this album. There's some uh, country feels throughout this album. And that's why I wanted to review it. Uh, and also because I don't think anybody else has recorded a, a review of this album. And if I'm going to do a record review, I might as well do something different. Um, I, that, that was one of the things that I was going to ask you. is Had, had you ever heard it before I sent it to you or you listened to it on, on Spotify? No, yesterday was the first time, and we would have done this podcast as they had had a little more time, but yeah, I had some bustling shit to do, and then when I got home, finally got comfortable, smoked out a little bit, and listened to it, I was like, holy shit, like, what am I getting ready to listen to? Well, I'll tell you what, I first heard it, um, my stepdad, who uh, introduced me to a lot of the, you know, the heavy metal of the time. He was a big fan of this record. I had never heard of this ELO. My dad had several Electric Light Orchestra records. Uh, I had never heard this one, but he introduced me to a song, and it's actually the next song on the track uh, on the album. 
This is um, this is the one that turned me on to the record. But this is yours truly, 2095. What do you think about yours truly, 2095? <laughs> now, for one of the negative reviews I, I would have to give, I don't know if it's because um, I couldn't grab the song or, like, get really into it. To me, it felt like a huge letdown concerning to the first track, but wow. I didn't know the track was considered, you know, connection to the third track, which is basically yours to, truly, to 2095. Uh... Song is too wacky that I, I just like I don't know I felt like I was put in a 
box and I was just being shook around is what I felt like and then they let me out at the fucking end of the song I was like okay what just happened with that one to me I hate to say this because I know this is one of your favorite albums that we're reviewing but in honest opinion now that I close my eyes and I think about it this has a feel of the fucking killers from Vegas and I hate the killers like I don't play I do Shit. dig the killers, man. Somebody told me that you had a boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> I sit here and I listen to the their, their wacky vocals from the killers. And I listen to ELOs. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, dude, the killers are ELO, but for the 21st century. Well, well, that, slow that's down. The way yeah, that's the way I took it because they, they, they just had that funky sound. And I don't know, man, the third track, Yours Truly, I hate to say, I just, and it was it was like a skip party about a minute 30 into it, man. Like, I, I couldn't feel it, brother. I just, I don't know. Wow. I'll tell you what, it's my favorite track on the fucking album. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it, it is the song that introduced me to the uh, to the album, so perhaps I'm biased. But, uh, you know, on this track, it's like he's trying to talk to his girlfriend back in 1981, basically saying he has this android version of her, but he's not a fan, you know, because she's not human. Uh, I love that opening synth. Then it just comes in pounding. You know, um, I love that funky bass. I love the synth voice. And I love that this one actually has the orchestra feel. This is a perfect 80s electro-pop song. I fucking adore this tune. It's even made an appearance on the Power Hour. Wow. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) But... We're going to move on to the third single that was released off of this record. Uh, It was released December 11th, 1981. This is Ticket to the Moon. Remember the good old 1980s When things were so uncomplicated I wish I could go back there again And everything could be the same I've got a ticket to the moon I'll be leaving here any day soon Yeah, I've got a ticket to the moon But I'd rather see the sunrise In your eyes Got a ticket to the moon I'll be rising high above the earth so soon And the tears I cry might turn into the rain That gently falls upon your window You'll never know Thank you. 
explaining uh, how he left of his own free will but he regrets it because he can't come back to 1981 it's a beautiful song I love the piano I mean I really really love that piano and how the band just kind of kicks in during the chorus it's almost haunting I, I love the tune I, I, I think it's again almost a perfect song what do you think brother me curiously I found this song to be one of few greats on this album uh for what sounds like a song about being depressed is how i took it i it's mean absolutely depressed really really soft and like very touching like you said the piano the bass how it kicks in just absolutely great phenomenal even the vocals like i said i i, I usually do a high sling or a high note type of stuff but it, just the way the delivery of the vocals with the music playing it just this track there was no if ands or buts like i'm a libra and i can tell you the plates were balanced perfectly on this sucker like not one edged over the other just an absolute track for me the ticket to the moon probably one of my recommended singles that you check out off this album outstanding outstanding i love to hear that uh and then uh the next track on the album uh it was actually the fifth and final single it was released in march of 1982 this is the way life's meant to be. Well, I came a long way to be here today And I left you so long on this avenue and here I stand in the strangest land Not knowing what to say or do As I gaze around at these strangers in town I guess the only stranger is me 
this I wonder Is this the way life's meant to be? Although it's only a day since I was taken away I'm left standing here looking in wonder
you know I have an infatuation. If I can marry an acoustic guitar and fuck the holy roll out of that bitch for the rest of my life, I marry an acoustic guitar. Absolutely love acoustic music. I don't care what they did after just the song in the beginning when it had me looped and I heard the acoustic going off. I was just like, I'm already here sold. I don't care if the rest of the song sounds like shit. I'm sold to the fact that this song was bad ass just for the acoustic music. Uh, the way life's meant to be. I couldn't personally find too much. Like I said, lyrics are very hard for me. Uh, the version I have is very scratchy to uh, listen to the album. So what I could make out of it is pretty much a, a song about beauty from what I took of it. And just a darker aspect, I guess, if you kind of get what I'm trying to say so I don't know uh, like beauty within the darkness type feel to it I I don't know like I said I was just overwhelmed with the beautiful acoustic, uh, acoustic guitar playing of the of the song nice nice uh, it's interesting you say beauty in the darkness because you're close um, here we find the guy the man the protagonist the main character he's staring at a world he knows uh, but he doesn't recognize because it's a hundred years into the fucking future. Uh, he also realizes at this point what his girlfriend or wife, whichever the case may be, actually meant to him. Uh, you're absolutely right. This country, uh, this song has a country feel uh, from the way the acoustic guitar is strummed to even the way the bass is played. It's very 80s country feel. Um, it's not a bad song. It's not my favorite. I definitely don't skip it. Okay. And then we're about to close outside one with another heartbreaks.
another heart breaks. Is it me or you? No, it'd be you this time, bro. Okay. Uh, my notes here say it's a beautiful, eerie instrumental. Um, the feeling I get from this is that he misses his woman and is sinking further and further into depression. Uh, what I love about this song is that it is so 80s futuristic. Uh, this would have fit perfectly, perfectly, in the original Blade Runner with Harrison Ford. I dig this song. It's definitely a low point, but when you get through the through to the end of the album, you realize why. I think it's a great track, even though side one ends on a low point. What do you think, brother? Well, I thought as mainly as an instrumental song, to the uh, two word sentence repeated throughout the song at the very end. Then we had a session where we counted to five, as so I heard one, two, three, four, five, and then the chorus repeats, or the lyrics repeat, all heart, another heart grooves. I thought it was another heart breaks, but if you listen to it, it's another heart grooves, and I, I couldn't understand why he's talking about a heart grooving when it's yeah, supposed it, to be a... He, he definitely said breaks. He said breaks? Yes, sir. You're going to go back after uh, after we review this. You go listen to all my great notes and telling you the story. You go listen to it again. I promise you. Wow, and that's crazy because that could have someone it said grooves, but hey, Bushy says it's uh, breaks. It's breaks. <laughs> uh, you you could look up the lyrics on on the internet. Um, I tell you what, I sent you the album. I know you listened on Spotify, but I sent you a crystal clear recording. Um, so you go ahead and uh, go ahead and download that uh, that I sent you, and listen mm -hmm. through. And those parts that are like in the last song, the way life's meant to be, that got muddled or whatever song that was. Go ahead and listen to it; it'll give you a different feel. But we're That's about to good. flip this son of a bitch over. Um, try, uh, they, uh, the side two opens with a song called "The Rain Is Falling." It's the fourth single released in January 1982. Here it is: "Rain Is Falling."
Rain is falling to me had a back porch feel to it, man. Like if you have your netting up, you know, to keep the bugs out and you got your little canopy over the top and you're just sitting there with a beer and you're seeing the rain fall down and it's it's not like a downpour, it's more like if heaven was crying and tears are just kinda of drizzling down. Excellent fucking song to sit back on a pat on a patio or porch. Rather smoking, drinking, or just sitting there with your loved one, man, watching rain fall down. It's an excellent song just to sit there and just relax to. I actually technically dug it. Recommend that as a single, yep, second track, man, to play off on my point of, of opinion. That's the second song. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was asking you, what do you think about it? Oh, oh, uh, well, first of all, let me tell you the story. You know, this is a concept album, which means the whole album is one story. Uh, so the man's thinking, um, yet again, <laughs> of his woman, you know, of his wife, of his girlfriend. And, it, and then a storm comes up. And he finds, which, which he thinks is odd, uh, that the kids of the future are still afraid of thunderstorms. And so he's trying to calm those kids down while he's still turning his mind back to 1981. And the thing is, you know, he chose to come and he chose to stay because, you know, the time traveler left him right away. And that's all evidenced by this lyric. Uh, with their brand new time transporter, they'll think maybe I fought to get away. But with all their great inventions and all their good intentions, here I stay. I, I, I think it's a good song. I absolutely don't hate it. Uh, it's not one of my favorites again, but it's a solid opening to, uh, to, to side two, and it definitely advances the story a little bit while he's still trying to tell you maybe what's going on 
in the future while still looking back and wishing he was home. I, I definitely dig it. Um, track number eight. God, I... Let's just play the track first before I get into this one. This is from The End of the World. This is just a great driving synth song. I actually love the bass the most. Uh, in this one, he's able to contact his girlfriend, woman, wife uh, through dreams. And uh, he's basically talking about doing that here. Uh, this is actually my third favorite track on the album. And I am still not sure why this one was never released as a single. It's absolutely amazing. What do you think, brother? 
Uh, I think it sounds phenomenally fantastic. Again, uh, even the vocals, it's a very upbeat song. Um, for what I thought, you know, just the title alone, From the End of the World, you would think, oh, this song's going to be depressing. No, it was not that, man. It, uh, Like I said, it had a very unique, upbeat sound to it. You got to realize, again, concept album. Never really listened to a storied album before. But by this time right now in the album, I'm getting to see what music was like. You know, for certain genres back in 81. Because like I said, my man, Sato was just a baby. Sin was just a baby. Had sure. two years old. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's released sometime before October of 81. Then, yeah, I was barely even two years old. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm definitely glad you enjoyed this. And if you haven't listened to a lot of albums that tell a story, go listen to any King Diamond record. Eddie King Diamond record? Any Anyone. It's like, pick a King Diamond record, listen to it. Everyone tells a story. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, number nine. The Lights Go Down. The Lights Go Down.
What do you think? I see myself on a beach, sunset, that's it, with a set of headphones and a song right there in my ears with my eyes closed and a fucking margarita, bro. Just <laughs> like, I see myself in retirement when I hear this song, dude. I, I see myself just on the shittiest beaches of California because none of them are really clean as they portray them to be in the movies. Sitting there watching them damn boats go by. I'm talking big old cargo ships, cruise liners, whatever the hell they got out there, dude. Just just the big old working ships. But just for some strange reason, I'm by myself on this little like beach area. And I just, I have this track in my head. I got my eyes closed. And I can just picture nothing but other pure satisfaction and happiness, dude. It's the feel I got from this song. The light goes down. It's like almost saying goodbye in a way to me is how it felt like. You know, like not goodbye world, goodbye society. Like leave me the fuck alone type shit. It's nice. the, <laughs> the feel I got for it. And uh, I enjoyed it, honestly. I mean, not a top five favorite track of mine's definitely definitely one though to calm you to fuck down and relax too for sure though nice nice well it is a cool song it's got a it's got a little rockabilly guitar there uh, which i really dig um at this time again we go back to our hero our protagonist our character the man he's talking about um one day he'll return to his time uh and his wife, woman, girlfriend, however you want to call her. And he's actually guilty feeling because he wants to stay in 2095, even though he's lonely. Um, it's okay. It's not great. Uh, I, this is actually one that I could take or leave. Although it is a little more classic ELO sounding. This harkens back more to their more classic sound. I can actually hear like telephone line playing. And um, you might not know that you know that song if you're not familiar with ELO. But if you're familiar with, um, I believe it was Billy Madison, there's a scene in there where uh, Adam Sandler is calling people that he may have bullied or been a dick to. And you got Steve Buscemi who says, okay, thanks, and crosses you know, Billy Madison's name off his kill list. And he's putting the lipstick on. The music that's playing in the background is Telephone Line by ELO. Ah, never knew that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, 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 it's a more return to their classic sound, you know, which I dig. Um, oh, boy. I can't wait to hear what you think of this one. Track 10? Or uh, mm -hmm. what is it? 7, 8, uh, track 4, side 2. Here is the news.
favorite song on the album it's the best use of synthesizer on the album uh it basically uh the band's just walking the news of the future and you hear a lot of depressing stories uh much like today uh, i kind of wonder um because i don't remember when this network started although i know it was the first one but i wonder if cnn had been created at the time this album was written or if Jeff Lynn actually foreshadowed these 24-hour news channels. It's very driving throughout the song. Um, I, I, I know that it's kind of hard to hear the stories, but what you're doing is basically hearing headlines all the way through of what's going on in this futuristic world of 2095. Absolutely love it. Second favorite on the album. What do you think, brother? Wow, what I think is uh, King Arthur type days 
like this adds such a medieval sound to it it's kind of weird like I, I close my eyes and I, I'm picturing myself in war on a horse all like chained up in this chain metal male type thing and then it kicks in with that little mariachi sound to it I think it was like a little it just it's, it didn't fucking belong in the song are <laughs> <laughs> we listening to the same record I'm telling you right now I just I don't know to me it it had a cool sound it was funky but it felt like it was medieval time for me dude yeah that I don't know it's just a felt maybe maybe I was high at this point or not but dude I don't know where the fuck this song was going brother I can tell you that dude I got lost here on this track I mean it's cool like I said, I won't bash the song because I don't believe in bashing because everybody has a unique taste uh, to sin I, I, I literally didn't know where they were going with this. Hey, uh, 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 your opinion is what I want to hear. It's actually uh, entertaining. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the Mountain Man would have said about this album. I'll have to ask him someday. Maybe I'll do a a, a time part two with the Mountain Man sometimes. I know he's got his notes compiled. But, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to bash something if you don't like it. I don't care. No, no. I, I, I can't bash it because, again, this... <laughs> And like I said, I was a baby and I'm listening to it first time, wow, 30, almost 40 fucking plus years later. Yeah, I, I, I get respect for some music of what was back in the day because then again, people were, from what I've heard, been dropping acid to this shit since 81. Oh, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> That's what I heard, but hey, what, what's to blame? This would this would definitely be a weird trip. Let me tell you that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I might think I was in the Blade Runner with Harrison Ford and fucking Rucker Howard if I was tripping to this shit. Jesus. <laughs> All right, then we move to uh, was it the fifth song on this side? I believe it's the fifth song. It's track eleven if you're listening to the CD version. This is twentieth twenty uh, first century man. Between 
get any feel for this song whatsoever it was the only song on this entire album that i played 10 times i counted it 10 times i just i could not get a feel for the song like i was trying to see where it fell to like other songs i did like i said didn't pay too much attention to the story i was just going to buy musically and lyrics and stuff like that Sure. But as you can see, I didn't really pay attention to it because fucking Sin didn't realize it was a fucking story until uh, 54 minutes ago when we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I probably should have told you. I apologize. Yeah, no. Other than that, um, I don't know. It, it just it depends. I can't give a negative review on it. To be honest with you, I can't give a positive one. And so I'm actually just giving neutral. I I. Maybe I'll go back to it later tonight. Maybe I'll go back to it during the show and re-air it on Facebook. But I can tell you, I don't know why. I just I couldn't pick up on that song, brother. I couldn't. Not an angle. I, I hope you can fill me on something I completely missed. Well, I could uh, I could definitely tell you what you missed, but I could also say I am right there with you. Uh, I'm going to. I'm, I'm not even going to fake it here. I'm going to read straight from my notes. My notes say, and I quote. To quote the great Wadzilla for Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Okay, I'm iffy on this song. He seems to be talking about all the great things occurring in 2095. He's still very sad and depressed and lonely. And by the end of the track, he realizes he is not a 21st century man. And yearns to be back in his own home time. Like I said at the beginning, I am 50-50 on this tune. I do like that solo which I want to say is slide on the guitar you know in the blues vein you know with a with with, with the ring finger slide you know the, the the bottleneck slide that's what I think that sound is I would like to think it's not a steel guitar but I'm not sure like you I don't hate it I don't love it it definitely fits the story but as a song, man, I don't know. This is this is gonna be one of those that even me having knowledge of this album since at least 1989-1990, I am still unsure of this song. Everyone go ahead and move on to the first single released on this album. This was released July 17th, 1981. This is Hold On Tight. Hold on tight to your dreams 
I love the vocals. I love the backing vocals. I love that rockabilly piano and that bass. It's a great tune about a guy being as depressed as he could possibly be and lonely. So it's such a sad tune. But it's like one of the most upbeat fucking songs on the album. <laughs> what did you get from this one? Brother, I agree, totally agree with you. It has upbeat feel to it. I didn't find any depression in it because this song sounded exactly like if we were celebrating a victory for a major sports team. Uh, it has great pace, great lyrics, great music all the way around top to bottom. And it's it's crazy. Did you say this is the first single off the album that they released? This was the first single they released. Bro, I'm sitting here doing the count on the list here. That would be the 12th song on CD, 6th song on the B-side, which back in 81, the B-side never got played. Yeah, side two, side two songs. It was always like the opening track of, the, of, of, of side one. Yeah, like the, you get like an opening track of side one, you know, you get a B song and the single would be the seventh or maybe the sixth song, depending on how many songs fit on each side of a record back then. But for a fucking song to be last, almost dead last on an album to be their first single, I give kudos to just know that that was the first single off the album. I absolutely loved it. Like I said, I felt like I was celebrating a championship like the Yankees did yesterday when we took the wild card from the ace. Just yes, had that yes, in there. Sir. I, I, I'm, <laughs> no. I'm hoping I don't have to get on the Yankees bad wagon. 
Like, you might it, have to. It, it'll only be temporary, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a die-hard, true blue Kansas City Royals fan. However, if an American League team has to win, I don't want it to be the Bo Sox. Yeah, no Bo Sox. But no, great, uh, great, uh, great song right there. Back to the review because we do have one last track, Mr. Bushy. Yes, we do. And I just want to tell you, go back and listen after we're done here. Go back and listen to what he's saying in the in 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 the context of the story. Hold on tight is depressing as fuck. It is depressing as fuck, but you don't get it. Because of that uproarious fucking driving beat. <laughs> so, make sure you go back and listen to it. This is the uh, final track on the album. It's a little longer than the opening track of the album. This is the epilogue. Get out. What do you think, brother? Well, vocals, once again, I could not fucking understand. Uh, other than that, man, I, I got this song as being dramatic uh, as far as uh, musically playing. The vocals did match the uh, song, in my opinion. Yes. And I just got a gr- great feel that it, they were trying to end the story, but by keeping it as dramatically open as possible for you to have the conclusion of what you thought about the album is basically how I took it. Yeah, uh, and, and, and you're not far off there uh, because uh, here we find the man, um, he knows he's stuck in 2095 and he's stuck there until he dies. He's at that point where he realizes he can never get back, even though he wants to and he thought he could, and he could project his dreams to his woman he, and he can you know, communicate with her that way. But he knows he's stuck in 2095 until he dies. And he is absolutely miserable about it. It's very cool music all around. Um, but it's a depressing end to this album. Simply because you're kind of rooting for the man to get back to 81. You know, through the whole time, you know, he misses his woman. He took her for granted. 
He loves all these great futuristic things, but God damn it, he wants to get home. And this is before Back to the Future Part 2, by the way. And uh, he just he just never gets home. You leave this album, you leave this story on such a low note, uh, uh, lyrically and storytelling-wise, and even on a low note, musically, it's, it's a fucking depressing song, right? Right, that's the way I felt it. I was like, man, I was like a dramatic finish for, you know, a, I don't know, the album wasn't too happy, it wasn't too dark, it was just, it was neutral to me. Like, you know, there were happy parts, and there were low parts, there were celebrating parts, and there were depressing parts, so, I, I actually think it was a great epilogue to close the whole album out, to be honest. I mean, it left you, like I said, with a dramatic finish. Sure. To the point. It was open. It was open for your mind to have it close out whatever way you wanted it to feel and to be. So that's that's how I took it, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. I, I would like him to do Jeff Lynn because Jeff Lynn is basically all that's left of ELO anymore. He even tours as Jeff Lynn's ELO. Um, I would love to see them do a Time Part 2. Because of the way you leave here and, and, and the guy's never getting back to his time, I would love to have a sequel just to see if maybe he gets back to 1981. Um, so that's our review of Electric Light Orchestra, the great ELO, and their 1981 ninth studio album, Time. Uh, it was released uh, July 2nd of 81 in the UK. It was released in August in the United States. Um, it was recorded both in Munich, Germany, and some some parts were recorded in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, it did peak at number one on the UK album charts, and it made it up to number 16 on the Billboard 200. It has been certified gold in the US and platinum in the UK. They uh, obviously rate albums differently based on sales. Um, I do want to say, Sin, thank you so much for helping me out and coming on and bailing the plug out. I, I definitely appreciate that, brother. And as I have said previous times, you are always welcome to come back and sit in with us or me or Mountain Man, whoever the fuck is recording at the time. Um, brother, do you have anything to promote? Um, actually, if it's all right, I got a little special birthday show coming up Sunday, October 21st. Uh, if you guys are interested, please go ahead and follow my Facebook group page, which is DJ Sato. I will not tell you uh, the station I work for. Due to, uh, hey, um, hey, hey, sir. This is my fucking podcast. Come check me out on CuridiumRadio.com. Uh, Thank show you. Will be October 21st. My show is called The Spectrum. Uh, the reason this show is very particular, I do run the Spectrum every week, but the reason this one particularly is special to me is it'll also be my birthday show, my birthday being the 20th of October, so I'm not doing a show that Saturday because I'm not lined up to, but I will be doing a Sunday show for my birthday. And that show will be my first actual call-in, and I'm going to have a co-host riding with me the entire show. And the show's concept is going to be basically original songs that ended up being done by as a cover. So if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it the Ohio State 
players that did the uh, love roller coaster that was famously covered by the Chili Peppers on Beavis and Butthead there, Bushy? I don't know if you said that name right of the band, but yes, the Chili Peppers did cover that song. Yeah, I, I don't know neither because like, I'm a little loopy right now. But basically, no, what we're doing is we're doing the original, original songs. Nice. That fit up years later being covered now some of those covers are really good have been done better by the second band and then some are really shitty so we're going to basically have like a Q&A we might have a giveaway or something like that but what we're going to do is try to keep it interactive uh, the show is four hours long it'll be from 3pm 7pm again the spectrum again on craniumradio.com Go ahead and uh, tune in that Sunday if you guys are not tuning in. And then after that, of course, you get my boy Big Bushy and the Big Bushy Power Hour two hours later. Look at that. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yes, on that metalstation.com. And, and I tell you what, and, uh, and I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll say it here because this is my format and I can do whatever the fuck I want. I keep it off my personal page and I keep it obviously off my show page and the plug podcast page. But Cranium Radio has approached me several times. Um, and they do have a very enticing offer. I've had Jeff, you know, approach me. I've had Walt approach me. I've had Rich from the Brothers Grimm approach me. I've had Wadzilla approach me. Wadzilla even went so far as to fucking do it on Facebook, saying that there's an opening if you're fucking bad enough. This is what I want to say publicly, not just what I have said in the staff chat, which sin you're aware of i am tms through and through i appreciate the interest and the love there's no reason for me to leave tms they have given me free reign I, i'm the one guy that you will hear nwa and then you could hear britney spears and then you could hear docking you never know what i'm going to play on my radio show the only way I would ever jump ship. Now, for the longest time, I said, Big Bushy Power Hour is on that metal station or nothing. No. Big Bushy Power Hour is on that metal station because that's where I want to be. But if you fuck me, I will take my show of my audience elsewhere. I don't see that happening, so I want to send big thanks to Cranium Radio. And I think you guys are doing a good thing over there with your different kinds of music you play. Um, it does suck being pigeonholed, which is why I'm so glad that, you know, Scott Green has given me the opportunity to play whatever the fuck I want to play. You know, um, I'm, I'm happy where I am. Um, I'll always appreciate it. Keep it in the back of my head in case something stupid was to happen. But I don't think anything stupid's going to happen. But yeah, I appreciate it. And, uh, man, it's weird getting offers because I just think, you know, here I sit in my fucking living room and broadcast tunes that I like and talk shit and people enjoy it and actually want me somewhere else. So that's flattering and I appreciate it. Um, and I'm glad you have so much success over there, Sid. Uh, you go by DJ Sato. That's what you did, your radio thing. I still said you should have gone by Sid, but I understand the Psycho Sid thing and why you didn't do it. But uh, yeah, I, I congratulate your success. I wish I could listen more. Uh, with my internet issues I've had here that's supposed to be included in the rent, I do everything off my phone's hotspot. We're recording right now off my phone's hotspot. So I, I, I don't spend a lot of time on any 
internet radio unless I have to be on the air. Right, gotcha. I'm like I'm like the same way, man. I like I, I got my my internet hooked up, but we got this internet restriction shit considering that we've gone over our usage. Um, and it cuts my shit out while I'm gaming. While I'm playing Destiny in the middle of a fucking striker raid. While I'm doing my shows, which makes it really fucking hard for me to bounce back because it takes about 10 minutes just to reload my computer when it crashes from fucking being hardwired in. Wow, uh, we have unlimited internet. Right now, the, uh, I don't know if it's the property manager or the landlord, they're refusing to turn it back on. However, all the modems are here because my computer still tries to fucking connect to it. Right. <laughs> maybe it's uh, management issues uh, as far as maybe paying the bill, people overusing the internet. Not to say you, but I'm saying, you know, there are people there's, when you get internet. There's no, they, there's no way to overuse because uh, uh, Spectrum, who took over for Time Warner, on limited internet, they can control the speed. But I've never had problems. I'm, I'm the only apartment in this entire complex that has a hard wire. So I was able to, you know, play online, you know, my, my uh, Call of Duty. I was able to do my radio show while my daughter's sitting there fucking playing on her phone and shit. You know, it... it and, 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 and you cannot just pay the cable and not the internet. And I still have cable, so... Yeah, so, yeah... I don't know, maybe it's a management issue, like I said, or a provider issue on, on their end. I don't know how that shit works. I know out here, you don't pay the bill. They keep you on internet restriction, which means you hit a certain amount of usage, gigabytes. They basically flush your shit and restart over again. Yeah, see, That's here, if you don't pay your bill, the internet's the first thing they shut off. But then mm -hmm. 10 days later, they shut off the cable. 10 days after that, they shut off all cable. They actually come and disconnect it. So, my cable, I don't have a cable box. I just plug into my TV. It's been two months, and I still have cable. Uh, when, you, when you say cut your cable off uh, completely, you're talking about they come and snip the fucking cable cord, you know, with the fucking pliers and shit. Just cut it. Yep, they, they disconnect it completely. They cut, they, cut, they cut the umbilical cord, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Son of a bitch, dude. That's East Coast cable for you fine folks out there, man. Fuck this spectrum. <laughs> well, no, not the Spectrum, mate. That's my show. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, be careful. <laughs> Whatever the fucking goddamn fucking we got Cox out here, okay? That's it's a horrible name for a cable company, but that's our damn cable service provider. So unless you got Dish or Dish Network or any of those fancy Dish operating modems and shit like that, yeah, no, I, I don't fucking fuck with satellite. Nope. Because when it rains, it pours, and trust me, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there on the East Coast with a fucking dish on your house, you might not want to take that shit down, because you guys are going to be getting a lot of rain in the near future. Dead air, I didn't realize he got up to go to gab himself another beer, so we're going to wait on Bushy while he comes back. Yeah, do catch Big Bushy and his Big Bushy Power Hour every Sunday night on that metalstation.com from 9pm till 12 midnight. Yep, 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 that's my boy shit, and I watched him come and blast his own uh, radio show and shit, and I already did it for him. Ha <laughs> ha! Yes, sir, yes, indeed, it is Halloween season out there, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to go get your kitties 
some candies and some good scary costumes. Don't get them that happy shit. Don't get them a Merv costume. Yeah, get them something gory. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, this Sunday, after Bushy's done on the West Coast, ladies and gentlemen, it is the season premiere of The Walking Dead, Rick Grimes' final episodes. I Can't know, wait. I, uh, I kind of want to cancel my show this Sunday just because of that. <laughs> oh, my God, dude, this shit's over. I'm not to sell Scott, you're running an hour late, dude, or an hour and five minutes late. I think it's like an hour and five minutes, ten minutes on. I'm sad, dude, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out, are they killing him, dude, or is he completely, entirely leaving the group? Because from what I've heard, it's not good. So, and, dude, man, you see fucking Maggie, bro, in the fucking infra- or commercials they've been doing? Oh, she's smoking, bro. Oh, my God. That English woman is so hot, dude. Woo! And the hair is coming back, man. That's why I like, I like a little bit. Right, right the shoulders is good. Long I know hair. Like, oh. oh, yes. Yeah, oh, you, yes. at least I, I did smack it. Like, smack my bitch up, Prodigy song. Smack <laughs> my bitch. Eat <laughs> my bitch up. Smack my bitch up. Uh, uh, yeah, I know uh, I know Prodigy. You can't fuck with me, brother. Uh, yeah, Prodigy's going to be good. Um, I don't got nothing else to promote, even while you were waiting. Here to promote it to you so you don't look embarrassing and bashful when you repeat yourself. I already did it for you. <laughs> I would have edited that shit out, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I I do have something to promote, and I want to promote the 1974 film Phantom of the Paradise. This is an American musical, uh, rock opera, horror comedy film. Uh, it was written and directed by the great Brian De Palma. I'm pretty sure that's the guy that did Scarface. Yes, he is. Uh, Scarface, by the way. Yes, yes. Yeah, the good one. Uh, basically, it's about a disfigured composer that writes his music for a woman he loves so that she'll sing it. Uh, but then this record producer betrays him, steals his music, so that he could open up his rock palace called The Paradise betrayed this composer dawns a new appearance and exacts revenge on the producer it's kind of a play off of uh, phantom of the opera uh this is a great film that was actually recommended to me by ralph Vieira, also known as dr fuck from the rock and metal combat podcast and the great band thrasher die it's pure 70s cheesy rock opera fun with a really great soundtrack you know if you like musicals speaking of thrasher die this film was the inspiration and basis of the song The Postmortem Star off of uh, Thrasher Die's second album, Melting Your Skull. Uh, in fact, if you, uh, if you go to YouTube, the video for the song actually uses footage from this film. Uh, you know, so go to YouTube and check that out. All right. Sin, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us here at The Plug. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I totally want you to go back and listen to the story on this album. Because <laughs> I, I, I got enough weed to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think you might take something uh, a little different away from it. Um, maybe, uh, maybe at the same time too, I'll have is my computer open and actually just be a dumbass and go ahead actually Google the lyrics of that so I can understand. Because, like I said, sometimes uh, maybe it's the recording, maybe it's just, like, my ear or the time that the song came on, which, you know, at 81, I'm still having, you know, mic 
hearing issues, I guess you would say. And maybe my hearing is not as good. But maybe what I'll do is I'll open up, you know, the Google the Google lyrics of the song while it's playing so that way I can follow along as a read-along. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And download the copy I set you because, uh, like I said, That's there it. won't be any glitches or anything in that. Yeah, because Spotify is not really, you know, spot on, if you catch what I mean. I feel you. <laughs> Sid, final yes, thoughts. Sir. Final thoughts, man. It's almost the time of the holiday season. I always say that Halloween starts it off first. Uh, just, I don't know, like I've always said before, be kind to one another. Life is short and too short for bullshit. Keep uh, your heads up. Keep positive. Keep out there. You know, keep the tabs on your children. Parents. Please, another thing that has been bothering me so fucking much. Please hide your fucking firearms from your kids. Because they're saying kids are blaming music nowadays for the violence going on. Technically, it's on the parents' fault that kids even have access to these weapons. So please lock them up a little bit safer. Please teach your kids that there shouldn't be a damn thing such as thing as violence. Junior high, elementary, or high school, or fucking college, be peaceful to one another, man, because we never know what will bring you tomorrow. That's all I got to say. It's your boy Sato. For the plug with my boy Bushy, I'm out. All right, outstanding. I could argue that with you all day long, but we're not going to. All I'm <laughs> going to do is say, motherfuckers, buy vinyl, and we might see you next week. Have a good one. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Hi, this is Mark Olden Taylor from the Freeform Rock Podcast, where we rock and roll all night and party every day. Come check us out on iTunes and Podbean. Thank you very much. Rock and rollers, if you want a podcast that kicks a lot of ass, make sure you check out the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast on YouTube. Every week, yours truly looks at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life and also in the history of rock and roll in general. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two, and I cover everything from ACDC and the Eagles to Pink Floyd to Rush to The Who and everything in between. But there is no country music, no Tim McGraw, no Garth fucking Brooks, no rap, no Wu-Tang Clan, no fucking Jay-Z on the show because that shit is frowned upon with this rock and roller. So if you want a kick-ass rock and roll podcast, check out the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes up every Tuesday exclusively on YouTube. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I wanna rock. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You gotta fight for your right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've got Bush. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right, bangers. Cold beer, hot women, loud music, and copious amounts of hairspray and spandex. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, the Big Bushy Power Hour is the biggest party on that metal station.com. All right, so there's been a debate on whose voice is sexier. She's mine. I'm here to tell you it's my voice that's way sexier. But imagine this, ladies out there. You walk into Bushy's house. He's standing there in front of that kitchen sink, and he's washing those dirty, dirty dishes, making them so clean. 
He grabs you by the hand. He brings you up to his room. He's got all the laundry done. I mean, like, all the laundry. And he's even folded your panties. You feel like giving him a little extra something, something. You're like, hang on a second, man. I gotta go into the bathroom. Gotta wash things up a little bit. Make sure I'm all fresh for you. And you notice that fucker? He's cleaned the entire bathroom, man. He's done it all just for you. You come back out, you're ready, man. He takes you by the hand and pulls you in. Oh, so close. He whispers in your ear, you need to tune in to Sarah's Invasion right here on that metal station every Monday, Thursday, and Friday, 10 a.m. till 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. She'll play the very best in Underground just for you. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. Fuck is this shit. This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week. Why, Winslow, good to see you. Been looking for you everywhere. Killing me won't help you. My God, you're horrible. You've destroyed your face, your voice. Now you're trying to destroy the paradise. Haven't we all had enough? I can give you the power to create again. I can make you somebody. Tomorrow I'll put a whole new group together who'll do your songs your way. You don't have to believe me. Come to the auditions and see for yourself. Trust me. Trust me.
You have been listening to The Plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. All music played on The Plug belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or your local record store. Support what you love. Support these artists by seeing them live and purchasing their music. The Plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man is not affiliated with any of the artists or music we play. Thank you for listening to The Plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man, and we'll see you on the next episode.